All right, let's get out of the sprint. Special guest line joining us now. He makes the magic happen at Basketball Insiders. He's our good friend Steve Kyler. Hi, Steve. How are you? Fellas, I'm well. How are you? We're doing well, uh, Steve. So uh, my partner Jake here is, understands Jimmy Butler just sitting on the beach sipping Mai Tais and whatnot, and that that was enough to draw him down to the <laughs> Sounds heat. pretty good. <laughs> you know, the, the Jimmy Butler thing, the funniest part about that is Jimmy and his love affair or affection for Miami really kind of goes all the way back to the draft process. Um, I was around Jimmy um, and, you know, EK, if you could pick any team, that question we ask them in the draft process, you know, Miami was one of them. He's his, his kind of de facto big brother and all of this is Dwayne Wade. And, you know, being in South Beach was really appealing. Then he goes to Chicago and Chicago kind of messed around with his contract. And then he's like, well, then trade me to Miami. Then he got his contract and he got moved to Minnesota. When Minnesota went bad, he said, trade me to Miami. So this has been telegraphed almost as long as Jimmy's been in the league. And the fact that Pat Riley was willing to go full max for him, um, I think really sealed the deal in a way that not only did Jimmy get his money, but he got the situation and the organization he was looking for. Steve Kyler with us from Basketball Insiders, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Steve, we haven't talked to you uh, since the, uh, the Mike Conley trade, so I want to get kind of your overall thoughts on not only the Jazz Day yesterday, but what they're assembling with these new pieces. I love the Mike Conley edition. I know the, all the negatives, right? He's owed all this money. No, he's not. It's one year this year, one year next year. Yeah, it's a big number. You were going to spend that money anyway. I'd rather spend it on a guy like Mike Conley. Oh, he's been injured. Yeah, he had a bone spur that he didn't have surgery on one year. So he had two back-to-back years of having issues with that. He had the bone spur taken care of. His feet are fine. Um, he's an amazing player. You know, he's what you want out of a modern-day point guard. can shoot the three. He can penetrate. He's unselfish. He can give you 30 if you need it. If you need 10 assists, he's happy to do that. He's never going to pout about it. And as good a player as he is off the court, he's a better player. Or as good as he is on the court, he's better off the court. And when you talk about role model type jazz culture vibe guys, Mike Conley checks every single box in such a way that it is almost uncanny. I love that deal. In fact, I'll say it again. I love that deal. What do you think of the Bogdanovich uh, acquisition or signing along with Ed Davis? What does that do for this team alongside Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert? Well, I I love uh, the Bogdanovich signing. You know, he proved last year he carried the Indiana Pacers for huge stretches. This is a guy that you're going to put probably in a third-player role in Utah, maybe a fourth-player role, and he can give you 20-25 if you let him. So, a potent score. The length of the deal, you know, when you look at kind of the, the totality of the deal, a little big, you know. You, you, you maybe you don't want to go as much money for him uh, as they went. You know, seventy-three million. That's a lot um, for your fourth guy. But I love the addition. You hate to see Derek Favors go, and, and what I say to people is Derek Favors is a heartbeat guy. You know, he sets a tone in your locker room. He sets a tone in practice. He sets a tone in team meetings. There's everything you like about him. And I talked to some of the Jazz officials uh, just as free agents. He was getting ready to start, and they. You know, they'd already done the Mike Conley deal, so they knew they were out of kind of the big money portion of free agency. And the only way they were going to get somebody is to give up favors. And they're like, that's not going to be an easy decision. It just isn't. As much as it might make sense, we don't want to do that. Um, but the reality is, is you have to make these moves sometimes. 
and then you go, okay, well, we've lost Derek Favors. You know, who's the next player available that kind of is like Derek Favors? Oh, Ed Davis. So you get like this perfect kind of poor man's Favors in Ed Davis. So I love everything they've done. You know, in my mind, barring, you know, Kawhi Leonard going to the L.A. Lakers, I think the Jazz have moved themselves in the top two, top three discussion in the West and have put themselves in a position, if healthy, that they've got a lot of weapons and a lot of really good places. Uh, speaking of Kawhi Leonard, Steve, have you been able to kind of get an idea which way the wind is blowing with that guy? Yeah, right? Um, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, Kawhi's kind of his own animal. Um, he, he's wired very differently. He's not like a lot of these guys. The reason why everybody knew where Kyrie Irving was going was because he was recruiting. He was texting guys, asking them to join him in Brooklyn. You know, this is like, these, that's how this stuff gets out. And Kawhi's not talking to anybody. Um, and the worst part is, is most of the teams that are in this, whether it's the Toronto Raptors, the Lakers, or the Clippers, feel like they're in it. They feel like they're there uh, because there isn't a lot of tipping of the hand in which way he's going to go. So, you know, we'll see how it all plays out. You know, I think that it wouldn't shock me if he goes back to Toronto and wants to run it back with them and does you know, a one-in-one or a two-in-one type deal. Um, the one that I've kind of wrapped my head around is like, wow, won't it be great? is if he goes to the Lakers because that makes the Lakers, you know, this titan of a team and maybe that's Banner 17. Uh, Clippers means I want my own team and I just want to live at home. So there's just kind of varying storylines that go with it, but I don't think him picking any one of the three would be overly surprising to me. Any moves that any of the other teams have been able to pull off so far that uh, uh, caught your or drew your fancy a little bit? Well, look, I like what Brooklyn did. You know, not only do you get Kyrie Irving, and I think Kyrie's going to carry a lot of baggage from just how bad it went in Boston, but I don't think it's ever as bad as everybody makes it out to be. He had blame. They had blame. I think a reset of the situation is good for him. You know, buying in on Kevin Durant, it's a lot of money, $164 million. He'll miss the entire year. But you get DeAndre Jordan. You get Garrett Temple. You're just getting guys around that really young Brooklyn core. I like what Brooklyn has done. Um, you know, what the Philadelphia 76ers did, they made the big investment in Tobias Harris. But then they go out and get Al Horford, who can be kind of that grown-up in the locker room. He can be that guy that can step in and fill in for Joel Embiid. You know, so there's a lot there that I like. You're going to get Josh Richardson back in the Miami Heat sign-and-trade. So there's a lot. You lose J.J. Redick. That kind of stinks. But um, I really like where Philly is in terms of their balance now. They're more right-sided, um, where they've got really good depth in a lot of different places. What do you think about the job David Griffin has done there in New Orleans uh, with uh, handling this Anthony Davis situation and turning over that roster? You know, it, it's funny. You you probably couldn't have asked for, like, a better scenario, right? Okay, we're losing Anthony Davis. Maybe we're going to lose the franchise. Then you get the number one overall pick. Then you fleece the Lakers for everything that's in their pockets. Then you make some really good decisions, you know, around, uh, you know, it, the draft in terms of what you're trading. You get rid of Solomon Hill. There's just a lot of things they did very well that they've set up the team really nicely. When you think about it, you've got Drew Holiday and J.J. Redick and Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram, 
Josh Hart, Zion, Derek Favors. You get the young kid, uh, you know, big kid out of Texas. They've got a lot of things that, that really look interesting um, in terms of I think they're going to be a very good team. Normally when you lose your number one player, you kind of go into the basement for a couple of years. It's not going to surprise me to see the New Orleans Pelicans in the playoffs next year. So, Steve, complete the following sentence. The New York Knicks are dot, dot, dot. Exactly who we thought they were. Um, And I mean that in the nicest way. They're not a team that elite-level free agents are looking at. And as much as the media wanted to drive it and the reporting out in New York and, you know, all of the the little subtle comments from from management and ownership, the things we've heard we're going to do really well in free agency, you know, they did exactly what you don't want to do, which is they signed seven guys that will never sell a ticket or a jersey. They might help them win a couple of basketball games, but the future of this team is still about the young guys. It's still about R.J. Barrett. It's still about Kevin Knox and Dennis Smith Jr. and Mitchell Robinson. Maybe Julius Randle can become that guy, but, you know, Alfred Payton isn't going to be that guy for them. Wayne Ellington's not going to be that guy for them. Um, so it's, it's they spent a lot of money. Fortunately, they didn't go L.A. Lakers. Let's give them all four-year deals and hope it all works out. Um, you know, they're two-year deals, so they'll be right back in free agency in 2021, but I don't think anybody they brought in does anything for them on the basketball court, which then means you're probably lining up for another disappointing season next year unless one of those guys really pops as a star. Then you're talking about two seasons where you're a lottery team. At what point does James Dolan change direction on you? He's done it to everybody basically every 24 months. Steve, we, excuse me, we can't thank you enough for coming on with us as always. Uh, you do great work. Keep it up, my man. Anytime, fellas. Be well. Steve Kyler from Basketball Insiders. Steve is a, a wonderful Twitter follower as well. Uh, you can follow him at Steve Kyler NBA. And one thing I like about Steve, he's great at answering questions. He, he takes uh, a lot of questions from his readers and breaks stuff down. He's, he's great and he's tremendous when he uh, has a chance to come on with us. Well, uh, in, you know, in listening to some of the things he said there, when you say that a team is exactly who you thought they were and that is not a compliment, you know your team has some problems. Yeah, I, I think bad ownership uh, will show itself pretty quickly. However, I think the Clippers now have terrific ownership, and the Clippers have also struck out. So, Well, unless... Unless, unless Kawhi unless Leonard, homeboy yeah. comes home, right? But you had heard, you know, Kevin Durant tied with the Clippers uh, in some rumors, and it seems like right now all they've done really is re up Pat Beverly. Doesn't Steve Ballmer seem like the kind of guy that, who uh, an owner you would want to play for? Well, you know that that he's going to spend the money. Yeah, I mean, to, it's quite to, healthy in that regard to put people around you. Yeah, I mean, how many people out there? Uh, throw out an obnoxiously large bid just because you don't want the com- uh, the competition to buy the franchise. <laughs> he was something like $700 million more than the second best offer when he bought the Clippers. Well, what is $700 million to you when you've got $100 billion in the bank? But right? e- exactly. So you know he's going to spend the cash to, to put a team around you. Check me if I'm wrong on this. But a billion dollars, is that not $1,000 million? Uh, a billion dollars is, is a thousand those, yeah, million, right, uh-huh. right? Yeah. 
And you've got multiple of those? What's it like, Gordon? I couldn't tell you. But, man, that is... He seems very enthusiastic about his team. And uh, I, I'm a little surprised that the, uh, that the Clippers have struck out so far. How close are you to the bill? 70% there? 80? No, no. 90? No. 95? No. Knock it on the door? No, I could, only, uh, I could only dream. All right, we'll have more coming up next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's expensive being rich.